<clears throat> I want to welcome all of you here. And I am going to have the board go ahead and introduce themselves and state how long they have been on the board. And we're going to start with you. You're going to start with me? Yeah. All right. Uh, my name's Pat Ford. I'm actually not a board member. I'm a lawyer here in town, and I'm counsel for the board. My name's Stuart Vandervecht. Uh, I've lived in Iowa City for about four years now, and I've been on the police board now for a little over a year. I'm Jerry McConnell. I'm the chair for this year. Um, I've been on the board for three years. Melissa, Melissa Jensen. Um, I've been an Iowa City resident for about 23, 24 years. Was previously on the board, stepped away for a brief period of time, and I've been back now for a year. Hi, my name is Rick Downing. I've been here uh, on the board for about a year, and I've lived in Iowa City a long time. Um, I'm a retired uh, RN, and I decided this would be a good way to give uh, give my time to the city. So, my name is Saul Mekas. I've been on the board for two years, and in Iowa City since uh, the previous century. <laughs> uh, my name's Orville Townsend, and I well, I've been on the board a long time. I can't remember how long, but. Uh, you know, probably about three terms. <laughs> Mandy Remington, I've lived in Iowa City for 23 years and been on the board for three. Okay, we're gonna consider a motion to accept correspondence and or documents. I so move. Second. All right. These are two emails that were sent in. Um, the first is from Carolyn Diderot. Diderot. Okay. Thank you. Um, she says, please explain how the drug recognition officers are trained, which drugs they are trained to look for and recognize, and where and under what circumstances they work. The second email is from Pamela Smith. And she's wondering, does the Iowa City Police Department ticket cars with dark tinted windows? I need a motion to accept the correspondence. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, passes. All right. Oh, this is me. <laughs> All right. So just to talk, just to share a little bit of information about the CPRB, what we do, and this information is also in part contained in the brochure that's over there. So the community, Iowa City Community Police Review Board consists of seven <coughs> members. We are appointed by the city council and we do have legal counsel to assist us when we're doing our doing our reviews and looking at information, so Pat helps us with that. Um, we do review reports prepared after investigation of, of complaints of misconduct. We also then issue written reports about that, and that's the really short version of what we do. Um, the CPRB, we look at policies, so we have a regular um, 
rotation, we do review police policies, so those come before our agenda. We can make recommendations on those policies. We also have one community forum a year, and so you're all here for that. We also, um, and this is important, we have limited civil administrative review powers, and we also have no power of authority over criminal matters or police discipline. So that is, you know, in part by city ordinance and also by state law. So that's just a piece of what we do. Um, we do have, like most, most boards do, have some restrictions. When it talks about our investigations, um, it, there's a, a spot that it talks about we do investigations. That can mean a variety of things. It's to review the complaint. It's also to read the chief's report, which I'll talk about that here in just a second. And that it also may rev include reviewing other information. So for example, uh, if a scenario involves a situation, there'd be audio recordings, there'd be body camera footage, there would be other information, we would review that as well as part of our review of the report and investigation. So a little bit about how all that works, complaint process works. All complaints must be filed with the city clerk within 180 days of the alleged misconduct. So there, all of these steps have some time limits. Um, any person that has personal knowledge of the alleged misconduct may file a complaint with the board. And personal knowledge, um, we've had some questions about that in the past. What that means is somebody that's either directly involved in the incident or they witnessed the incident. As an example, if somebody viewed something solely on social media, uh, for example, that doesn't include personal knowledge. That, that is something a person may be aware of, may have concerns, but to file an actual complaint, they have to either have been involved or have witnessed the incident. Uh, an individual that might be underage or incapable or needs some assistance in writing a complaint can have a person assist them as well. Someone can write a complaint for that individual, as well as a, a person that files a complaint can also have a support person help them. And that occasionally will happen. Um, sometimes, depending on what the situation could be, it can be somebody from just, um, you know, somebody that was with the individual at the time. Um, it could be someone just providing support. That individual typically doesn't speak um, if they do come in and talk to us but they can have a support person. So somebody doesn't have to, to walk through this process if they choose to go all the way through um, on their own, if they'd like to have somebody along. So complaints come forward, a complaint is filed, it comes in, a copy goes to the chief. Um, a copy is also set, sent right away to the equity director and as well as a supervisor, um, then from there a supervisor, an investigator from the police department will reach out to the complainant to talk with that person and you know, say what happened, more about what's going on. Um, if the complaint is about the chief, for example, 
Um, the city, the city manager, Jeff Fruin, would complete the investigation in this case. Um, once the investigation is completed, the chief files a written report, and that has to be done within 90 days of the complaint being filed. So again, more steps. A detailed written report um, speaking to the complaint and saying it's either sustained or not sustained. So sustained, not sustained being insufficient evidence to approve or disprove that it happened, and sustained saying the complaint is true. So the written report from the chief comes in, it's, it speaks to the complaint, to that investigation, and whether the chief believes it's true or not true through the investigative process. Copies of that report, at that point, go to come to the CPRB, they go to the complainant, to the officers involved, and to the city manager. From then, the complainant has 21 days to reach back out and say, wait a minute, I want, we want to talk more about this, to ask questions, so to respond. And if that happens, the chief has another 10 days to respond back. If the complainant chooses not to respond within that 21 days, then we move to the next step. So as I mentioned, the CPRB would review the report. We may do additional investigation. There may be sufficient information at that point in the written report. If there is audio, video, body camera footage, we would review that as well as part of, part of our review. And within 90 days, then we issue a written report. We also then at that point say sustained or not sustained. We agree or, or, or we feel we disagree with the, re, the chief's report. Copies of the report at that point, our, our report is public and it goes to the complainant, to the officer involved or officers, the city manager, the equity director, and to the city council. We can make recommendations if we would disagree or have questions about information, we can ask for, make recommendations on changes that we would see that would need to be made. But again, remember that we have, we don't have jurisdiction over criminal proceedings, um, disciplinary issues, but we can certainly make a recommendation on that. And I think, I, I know it's long stuff, a lot of dates, but that's, that's kind of the process as it works for us. So <clears throat> I will turn it back. Um, we're going to have a discussion on the Iowa City Police Department core values. And actually, you're going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that part. Okay. Um, so this is an item we placed on the agenda. And Chief, I hope and you're willing to speak to this a little bit. Um, the core values being defined as how you want the people in your organization to behave. And the city's been working on that. So Chief Liston is here. And we've asked him if he would talk a little bit more about that. Sure. When he's... Okay. Um, I'm... Go, Jerry. It's not on. 
think and be able to figure it out. I'm Dustin Liston. I'm the chief of police for Iowa City. Um, one of the things, along with the city's new uh, strategic plan, this is a five-year plan, right, Councillor Burgess? So uh, what we've decided to do uh, is look at our core values, and I wanted to make sure those were in line with the city's strategic plan, as well as what the community thinks and wants their police department's core values to be. And what I mean by core values, just guiding principles. These folks can attest we have an enormous policy manual, but we can't policy and procedure away everything. So um, some things that aren't in the policy, I would want the officers to be able to look back at our core values and, and be able to think of that when they're making their decisions in the field. So I've asked this organization to help us. I've asked my staff. I've asked is this organization. I thought this would be a good opportunity to ask the public because you're our customers, I want you to have a say in what you think the core values of the Iowa City Police Department would be. So that's what the ask is. It's a long process. It's actually taking longer than I thought it would, but I want to get it right. I don't want it just to be random words. If you go on most law enforcement websites, you'll see they have a, a list of several core values. And, and uh, we have something similar, but it's more of like guidelines. It's not exactly core values. We have a mission statement that I'm proud of that we've had for a while, but I, I think we could add to that with the core values. So that's what I've asked this group to help me with as, long, as well as my staff. So if anyone would like to provide, uh, talk about that a little bit, provide some input, I would ask you to step up to the microphone. You do need to sign in, name, and you don't have to write your address if you're, just write the city you're from. Um, you're well, certainly welcome to do that. May I? Absolutely. This, I, this does not need to be bureaucratic. We're here to listen to your concern while you're here. So let's make it simple. If you have a question or, or concern, uh, let, let's hear them. This is, in this is in regard to the core values, and Saul's right. I mean, we're not trying to be, we're required to, to have a certain format for the meeting, but you can certainly, um, we can get your name, the city asks us to do that, but you can, you can shout it out if you have a question about the core values. There's a point, we're getting to the point where if you have any other questions for us, we'll talk about that as well. So, and we're obviously not going to have, you know, 25, but this is, these are some of them. Partnership, engagement, selflessness, patience, inspire change, relentless, courageous, consistency, logic, accuracy, fairness, procedural justice, trust, integrity, compassion, respect, accountability, vigilance, trauma-informed, professionalism, ethical conduct, impartiality, respect, responsibility, readiness, inclusive, welcoming culture, acknowledge, embrace differences, foresight. These are ones that members of my staff have come up with. And again, we can't, if, we can't have every word in the dictionary on there, so we've got to kind of winnow it down a bit. But those were some that we, that we had come uh, up with. 
It's a good question. Thank you, Chief. I think the uh, pillar of our core values is based on the reality that our city is very unique in terms of we were one of the first cities to have a police review board. Over the years, I've had situations where I've had friends or that enc had encounters with the police and they walked away feeling very bitter because they felt that they had been treated unfairly. And in those days, they didn't have any avenue to get that address. Well, today we do. You know, we have a police review board and basically it is the citizens board. I mean, if they have a problem, they can bring it to us. I think the city is very committed to this. Our meetings, the police chief, we have a, a representative from the city council. I mean, you know, we're very serious about this. And, and the reason we're serious is because you as the citizens, you matter. And we want you to have every fairness and every opportunity that's possible. Anybody else? Okay. And would it be fair at this point to say, could open it up to any questions for us? It, and two, at this point, if if it's specific to um, the core values, that's fine. If anybody has questions they would like to to ask us as a group or if anything that we can answer. I understood that questions had to be submitted beforehand. They could be, but you certainly could get up and you could ask a question here. Thank you, but that wasn't that wasn't the way the meeting was presented. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I I apologize for that, sir. I I am not familiar with that piece, but I hear you. Go ahead, um, sir. Yeah, so I heard accountability as a proposed um, core value. And I'm curious if you would consider transparency. I know that there's a sort of tension because if every little thing that the police department does is you know, public, then it's harder to fight some forms of crime. So there is a tension there, but I value transparency, so. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I, you know, we talk about transparency and that's very important, but I think we also need to address the reality that we also have to deal with confidentiality. Did you have something you wanted to comment on? I can address the, the submitted questions now. Okay. 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 So the two previously submitted questions, one was the window tent. Uh, and yes, that's part of the code and, and uh, officers in Iowa City do enforce the code so uh, they can write a ticket for it. Um, so. Yes, we can. I think the, uh, the requirement is it has to allow 70% of the light through, so we address that. The second question was regards to drug recognition experts, and that's a, nation, a nationwide uh, program that, that 
we have several members of the Iowa City Police Department participate in. They receive extensive training. It's over three weeks of training, half of which is classroom, and then half of which they, lately we've been flying people down to uh, Jacksonville, Florida to do live testing with people who are at volunteers who are under the influence, which is kind of an interesting uh, thing. <laughs> it's, it's Florida. Right. So, uh, um, and then there's constant... Uh, uh, retraining every annually they go through another eight hours of training and they have to uh, manage they have to do four uh, evaluations a year to maintain their certification and again Iowa is a, an implied consent law meaning if you're driving if you have a driver's license you've agreed to consent to a specimen of blood breath or urine and that's uh, and if you decide you don't want to that's fine, but then you end up getting your license suspended through implied consent. So that's kind of how DRE works. Most people think of OWIs as alcohol-related only. DREs focus on things other than alcohol. How many types of drugs do they? they, they uh, they're trained for seven different classifications of drugs, and then under those, you know, under those classifications, there are all different types of drugs. But I hope that answers that question. Do you know what the classifications are? Do I? Yeah, not, not do I? No, not off the top of my head. And who provides this training in Florida and the and the? Um, it's the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA. What is that? The National Highway is that a government organization? Right. Mm -hmm. That's federal, right? Yes. That's oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. There were some more parts to the question. Uh, you want me to reread it? Sure. Please, please explain how the drug recognition officers are trained, which drugs they are trained to look for and recognize, and where and under what circumstances they work. Under what's, so again, the, the seven types of drugs, I don't have those committed to memory, but under where do they work? They're working all different shifts. Or yes, is the question, when are the is DREs? Up, is it up to the officer to determine whether or not the uh, investigation is made? Sure. It sounds pretty subjective to me. Right, well, when the officer is doing an investigation and they determine someone is under the influence, then they use whatever probable cause they have to conduct that investigation. So with, a, with anything, when I pull someone over, it's my job to, de to determine if I feel like they're under the influence. And if I have reasonable suspicion leading up to probable cause, I will conduct that investigation. And th these officers are trained further. All of our officers are trained in field sobriety. That's that is to check to see if someone's under the influence of something. But we do the portable breath test, which will tell if someone's under the influence of alcohol. And if someone blows that they're not under the influence of alcohol, but the officer is st still, still showing signs of impairment, they will typically call for a drug recognition expert. They call for the drug recognition so That officer may be a drug. We have several on our department, yes. But, you, but if that officer isn't one of the arresting officers, then you need to call someone in. Sure. And it could be another officer working, or those officers are on call, too. If they happen to not be working, we can call someone in. I'm just trying to understand how this works. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Good question. I apologize if I misunderstood when you originally asked me the question so 
Sorry about that. Thank you. Anyone else? Questions for us? Comments? Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm Dean Abel. I'm a long-time Iowa City resident. I'm curious as to the relationship of the complaints and after they're reviewed and suggestions are made to the chief, I'm just curious as to how many complaints are made annually, how many of those complaints are upheld, how many are dismissed. I'm also concerned that I know that the board doesn't have any, doesn't have any power to enforce suggestions. I believe the board does have subpoena power. I'm curious as to whether that subpoena power has ever been used in any investigations. So you can see where my question is going. My question is, um, what authority does the board really have? I haven't been to a board meeting recently, but there was a time when I observed several meetings. This was more than 10 years ago. So I'm just curious about an update about whether the board is really being useful in following up complaints when you really don't have any authority and it's pretty much uh, things go up to the chief or the city manager as the ultimate authority. Any comments on my feelings about that? I would like to say I absolutely hear you um, and I agree that it is concerning um, the lack of actual power that the board has. That's been something that we've been trying to work on the last couple of years. We made 13 recommendations to the city council at their request to try to gain some more power. Um, I definitely consider our work to be worthwhile, even if we can't actually enact policy changes ourselves. We are able to bring light to issues within policy when we make our public recommendations. Um, the policy recommendations do go to the chief and to the city council, so when that information becomes public, it offers an opportunity for the public to also reach out to the city council and let them know what they think about those recommendations and um, apply any needed requests, pressure, et cetera, um, whether they agree or disagree with the recommendations that we're making. To answer your question also, um, for 2022, uh, the board re um, received 18 complaints, uh, 16 were not sustained, and two were sustained. And by the time that we read the report, 
we read the complaint, we watch the body cams. I mean, that's required that we watch the body cams so we can see exactly what's being said, what's not being said. Uh, one of the things we find is that often people misunderstand what is accepted policy. Um, they may see something that they think isn't, <clears throat> shouldn't happen when in fact it can happen. And um, often the complaint is not substantiated when you watch the tape. It's something different from what the complaint was. Now, when that does happen, um, and this is, I think, where a lot of our value in our investigations lies as well. You know, with the 2022, we had 16 not sustained complaints. That doesn't necessarily mean that we think that everything that happened in those 16 encounters was acceptable. A complaint is only not sustained if there was an actual policy violation. Now, there are times that we watch videos and we see encounters and we think that there was something that happened that was not acceptable. We can't sustain the complaint because it wasn't a policy violation, but that's where we're able to go in and use the commentary section on our public reports and make recommendations that the policies be changed for future scenarios. And I think it's very important, you know, it's like we expect a lot of our police chief, but I think we have to be honest and fair about it. He can't, you know, deal with something that he's not aware of, you know, and I think basically our part of it is we actually get to see the body cam and we can see exactly what's going on. And that can lead to a lot of different areas. Sometimes, you know, we will say that the officer acted inappropriately. Other times the officer acted appropriately, but there's a learning situation there where something could have been done better. And in our comment session, we can, we can share that with the chief. I mean, our board is here to help the city. We're not here to make laws and, and, and make drastic changes. We're here to be an objective eye and give feedback whenever possible. I'd like to address some of that objectivity. We have a very wide range of backgrounds. Uh, we have a lot wide range of opinions and I, that's what I love about this board is that, you know, for instance, I have three black children have two adopted black sons. And so it's important for me to make sure that they're treated appropriately. And we have the gambit of all different kinds of opinions, all different kinds of ways we come at the problem. And I think that's one of our greatest strengths here for the board is that we can see the multifaceted, the multi-different points of view, not only from the police situation, but from the complainant and we do get to see on the body cam footage all the different angles of all the officers involved. And that's been very helpful uh, to the board that we get access to all that information. May I add something? With regard to subpoena, uh, to my knowledge, we've, we've never been refused any information that would help us in making our decisions. So we haven't had to use any, any of that. Uh, all of that is, uh, is transparent and we have access uh, multiple times to uh, the body cams where we see everything. When, when something does happen, even though we, we uh, agree uh, 
with the outcome, uh, we're not shy about pointing out to uh, the lack of professional language or behavior. Uh, and so we, we, we stress that. And we also stress the fact that, that the chief of police is aware of our comment on, on, those, uh, on those kind of behavior. And he assures us that uh, he reads those comments and he reads our minutes. Uh, so uh, all of these considerations that you've, uh, you've expressed are, are taken into consideration. And as far as transparency, our meetings are open to the public, but it becomes to a point where we have to deal with something that's confidential, then only board members can be present for that. But otherwise, public, you know, is welcome to sit in on our meetings. We meet the second Tuesday of the month at 530 at City Hall. And with that, like the policy portions are typically open to the public if we're reviewing any policies or looking at making any recommendations for policy changes. The confidential stuff just comes when we're actually reviewing specific investigations involving specific individuals. I think that's a really good question that you had because when I moved here, I, it took me a long time to figure out because uh, it, was, it was different in Texas. Uh, we had civilians; a lot of things are different in Texas. But we had uh, this: we had civilians that were part of the uh, discipline review board, and they were a voting member. I was different. I'm the only person that gets to discipline a member of my staff, and I'm the one who makes the final decision. So I, I would ask myself the same thing: well, What is their what what is their power? And and as Mandy pointed out, their power is being able to make me being at the meeting every week, a member of city council being or every month, a member of city council being there, and and the transparency that you mentioned. They get to see probably more video than they would prefer to see sometimes, <laughs> and and then they get to provide these comments a lot of times uh, and this is something I've explained to them a lot of times a, a, a complaint will be not sustained but there's still some opportunity for improvement and they're quick to point that out and so am I with my staff but I think that's where their value and their power is is giving us giving me the feedback they have direct access to me giving me feedback and and also being another set of eyes because most of our complaints don't come in through the CPRB. They, they come in, uh, a supervisor sees something. and um, But the ones that do, we've got seven people up here who are going to be scrutinizing it, and that's great. That's great. I think it gives us a little more credibility because uh, even though I'm the one who has to make the decision and I'm the one who has the liability with that decision too, I appreciate the help that these these people provide. So I think it's very valuable. I can understand how it would be frustrating. I know members, uh, past members have been frustrated with the perceived lack of power, but if you look at it the way Mandy mentioned it, I think that's where the power is, you know, with, with the influence and the, the, the opportunity to make suggestions, so. I don't know the answer to this question, but we used to be the only uh, city in Iowa that had a community police review board. First, we were the first, and and I think we're the Coralville has, Coralville has Coralville one now. Okay, I'm a little behind. <laughs> <laughs> Other questions, comments, 
you know, I just say, you know, usually in situations like this, a lot of people feel that our board should have more power and, and be able to be more involved. And I just want to go on record as saying I disagree with that because the way it is now, the board, the police chief, everyone involved is a cooperative effort. When you started getting too many people too deep into it, making decisions, you're going to have them bumping heads, there's going to be miscommunications, and things aren't going to go as smooth. There are going to be a lot of loose ends. So I would prefer to have us stay where we are with our process because I think the way we handle it, we are making a difference, and we are doing it so that the citizens of our city have another eye that gives them a great opportunity to assure that they're going to be treated fairly. Does anyone else have comments or questions? There is a historical study of what the CPRB had done since its beginning until 2020 that was in the preliminary plan to restructure the police department that was published by the city manager's office in December of 2020. It's on our website. It's a, it's a big document, but there's a handful of pages on the CPRB, and I think that there will be some valuable information for it in that. If there are no more comments, I will ask for a motion to adjourn. So moved. Seconded. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The meeting has been adjourned.